In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an awesome guest here with me. Shanae, Shanae, how are you? I am doing well. You are so amazing. You're so amazing. And you've accomplished quite a bit so far. And you're a young entrepreneur. And I respect you. My hat is off to you for all the work that you do. And I'm so excited to talk about your story on, on how you actually got there. So what inspired you on your journey to own your own tax business and, and accounting and all of this? Like what, what sparked it? Yeah, so I was always a great student and particularly I loved mathematics. I love math and I thought that I wanted to be a mathematician, but I'm not that in love with math. I'm not trying to do any crazy physics or statistics. What I did fell in love with though was the actual process of solving problems. So when I started my academic career during my first college, I actually went in undecided. So I did know that I did love math. So I took a couple accounting electives. I took advanced math. And when I took my accounting class, I fell in love with the fact that accounting wasn't math. It is still problem solving in nature, but it's applicable to solving problems in business. Because as we know, they define accounting as being the language of business. Accounting is how you understand how your business is performing. And this is what you utilize to make performance metrics and really grow and scale a company. And I fell in love with that. So I'm like, okay, let me switch from being undeclared to being declared. And I did declare to be an accounting major. So I started off there. And then after doing my first two years in my first college, I transitioned over to another school for a two plus one program where I was able to get a bachelor's degree and master's degree in accounting, specifically public accounting. While studying for my master's degree, I did take the CPA exam and luckily finished right at the end of my MBA program. So I am a CPA currently in the state of New York. So I did work in public accounting right after college. I worked at a big four accounting firm and I did love what I was doing temporarily, but it started dawning on me that, you know, I had this great skill and I was helping these companies grow, but I wasn't impacting my community the way that I would love to. Mm. So I'm like, all right, well, how can I figure out a way to do what I love, which is accounting, growing businesses, analyzing numbers, and translate that into a skill of which I can create a business and serve the people that I wanted to serve. So after staying in public accounting for about a year, I did transition out and start the company, Fola Financial. This was three years ago. So, you know, we're, we're making our way downtown. And it's, it's been an amazing journey. Again, being able to be a young CPA who people can contact and rest assured knowing that they're going to get expert advice, but being able to communicate with somebody of which they can relate to. That's very, very important to me. Mm, I love it. Love it. I love it. Love it. You are totally. 
total, total rock star. So you basically, the language of business and the way that you describe that is so amazing because the thing is like, I got into college, right? I was an undergrad and then I had to take this applied calculus for business class and like anything and then some other accounting stuff. And I was just like, not there. Like, like I had like a 30 in my class, like halfway through this, like I dropped my calc and then like taking these accounting classes. I was like, oh, hell, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, I can't, I was like, I can't, I'm like, I am like the sales extroverted, like high, like media side. I am so bad at numbers. So when you (laughs) mentioned that it's the language of business, like it really is. So that's like actually a weakness of mine, you know, that I need to work on financially is like basically keeping everything organized. Cause like you said, if the metrics of a business and you can only scale if you know your metrics and if you don't know your metrics without the proper accounting you're kind of screwed so that's like you know and I'm in the stage of of my life in my career where I'm kind of scaling everything up and it's like I wasn't doing proper bookkeeping Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing proper and I'm now I'm like paying for it so anybody out there who's listening if you don't have the right CPA by your side you need to contact the people CPA right here (laughs) and she will (laughs) hook you up because it really is true though it really is true because every successful entrepreneur that I know is like on it they're with their numbers and I'm like and so now I'm starting to kind of get in that wave of things because I was so focused on growing and sales and this and that and but it's like if you don't properly embed it Right. And know your metrics, like where are you going, right? Like exactly. how can you predict growth? How can you do anything? So that was one of my lessons that I learned like throughout my career in the last seven, eight years was like, know your metrics. Know like what's your conversion rate? What what are you closing? What are your deals this year? You know, the average deal size, like all these things come from bookkeeping. So when you were saying that, I was like, she's so right. <laughs> CPA is like your sidekick, literally, you know. Yes, exactly. And, and the thing about it also is that as entrepreneurs, you shouldn't get too caught up with wanting to be an expert of numbers or wanting to be an expert of law. This is why you hire professionals, right? You are taking on the responsibility of being a CEO. And that middle acronym, that E stands for executive, but let's just shorten that out to mean execute, right? right? So your job is to deliver, it's to sell, it's to make sure your clients are happy and are delivered a good product or service. And, and that's it, running your business, executing on moves. To execute, you need to have people on your team who can give you a basis of how to execute. So that's going to be your CPA, your lawyer, or other members of your team. And that's how you grow. So don't get too caught up with thinking that you have to be an expert at everything, but no Know what you need in order for you to execute correctly. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Amen to that. So I know that you transitioned throughout your college career, but what did you actually want to be when you grew up? <laughs> <laughs> when I was growing up, my mom like loved telling the story, but I used to want to be an astronaut. Like that was my goal. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be in space. That's what I'm going to be. And yeah, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny you're like an astronaut in in the financial world you got your own rocket ship your business you're good see you made it yes <laughs> and what what were some of the challenges along the way throughout your journey I think for sure I'm just growing up so just to give some background I grew up in the Bronx was raised by a mother who was pretty much a single mother none of my family was well versed on financial literacy or entrepreneurship and having like a drive and not having that environment 
to condition you to be able to actually deliver from the job that you have can be a hindering thing. Like I know a bunch of people who grew up in the hood like myself and they're still there. So I think a big challenge was finding a way to surround myself with the people who I needed to surround myself with. The good thing about going away to college is that it really gives you another chance to recreate your circle, right? Mm -hmm. So when I was in college, I was super focused on being around those who can get me to where I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to be an accountant, not a business owner right away, but an accountant, yes. So while I was in school, I volunteered for a bunch of accounting organizations. I was president of NABA, which is the National Association of Black Accountants. I volunteered for business fraternities, sororities. I was in Phi Beta Lambda. I was in Beta Gamma Sigma. And surrounding myself again with people who are in business. And that helped a lot because now I'm shifting my mindset. It wasn't just, oh, you know, I came from the Bronx and I'm trying to figure it out. No, I'm a new person. This is what I want. And this is how I'm going to get there. And here are the people who can help me get there. So it was really that. But then after I graduated college and started my career in accounting, I started surrounding myself with people who are more entrepreneurial also. So, mm-hmm. but my first client, I actually met him because we both work for the same company in different states. He was doing consulting. I was doing auditing and he wanted to be an entrepreneur. He's like, I need you to be my CPA. And I'm like, well, I can't do that because I'm working here. And, you know, when you work at a CPA firm, you do have to make sure you are monitoring what can be a conflict of interest. But at that time, I'm like, all right, let me explore what being an entrepreneur would be like. So just surrounding some people who can kind of give you a good vision is very important. Also for myself, finding good mentorship was very important to me. And it's a little bit hard because I did have mentors who in the beginning encouraged me to stay in corporate for five or six years, Mm. make manager, and then transition out to be an entrepreneur. And I think to my, back to myself all the time, like, all right, I'm three years in business, three years post-corporate. I would have still been like a senior associate making, you know, a fraction of what I make now by myself. So it's not just about seeking the right mentorship. Another challenge is being able to decipher between what knowledge is going to really allow you to grow and what knowledge is being provided that you should ignore, you know, because every advice isn't good advice. Like, yes, we have mentors, but it's really up to you. And I knew to myself that I was ready to get started. So just being able to like challenge the status quo and do things on my own terms, it is a challenge on its own. But if you are determined, you can get there regardless. Right. Oh, man, I'm so inspired by you, seriously. Because I mean, it takes a lot to come from a place where it's like all the unknown, right? So you and I share that similarity, right? That, you know, my parents came to the US, didn't know English, didn't know a thing. So it's like, I had to learn along the way. And like, defy the status quo, because I wanted more for myself and more for my family. It sounded like you were the same way. Mm-hmm. And like, I know what I've faced in, in my world has always been like, oh, Pam, and this killed me because when it was people closest to me, that would say things like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's right for you. Like, maybe you shouldn't be on your own. You know, like the doubting. Yeah. Like coming from the people closest to you. And I'm like, it kind of got me sometimes. So I'm I'm yeah. wondering, like, did you experience that throughout your, you know, throughout your journey of like, oh, Shania, like, uh-uh, no. Like, I don't think you're gonna. Yes. It's not a good idea. <laughs> you know? so what was that like? And how do you break free from that? Because that was, for to me, that was a real challenge. And I just kind of had to say to myself and like, listen to myself and just be like, I'm going to keep going. You know, right. I was a hard headed, thick skulled person. I was like, I'm going to get there. I'm gonna do it. 
Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because so I'm very big on just monitoring people and like what they do and how they think as well. So whenever people around me were like, obviously like my friends were like, oh, why are you starting a business? Like stay here, PwC. Why would you do that? It's risky. They're the same friends that are clients of Fola now, you know? I also found it very interesting that people would look down upon entrepreneurship and yet admire these celebrities online so I'm like I'm looking at my friends like they're talking about I should not start a business or I, or I shouldn't do this right away but yet you guys are aspiring to you know have property like these celebrities do or have businesses like celebrities do well how do you get there without starting you know so mm-hmm. I, I just saw how they what they preach was contradictory to what they aspire to achieve. And I'm the type of person where I don't let those things differ. So if I am aspiring to achieve something, my actions will match that regardless of what you think, he thinks, she thinks. And luckily for me, I always shout out my mother, but my mom was always that person. Even though she didn't know what I was doing, she's my biggest supporter. She didn't know what a CPA was. She still really does. She kind of knows now. <laughs> she really knows what I do with my business. She's she's trying, but she is so supportive. Whatever she can help with, she's gonna help with. And having her in my back pocket has for sure been my secret weapon because whenever the world's against me, I know that I have my mom, and that's enough for me. So that's amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> it reminds me of how I am with my dad, you know, and I explain things to him now. I'm like, yeah, dad, so I'm working on this, this, this. He's like, what is that? <laughs> like whatever it is like like keep going like i'm a supporter though i'm a supporter yeah. <laughs> it sounds like she was like your major inspiration throughout the journey even when you were facing doubts sort of externally oh yeah she is the bomb like she's willing to like do whatever it takes to get me even if it's her sacrificing a piece of what she has going on to assist me she's willing to do so so it's a blessing that's amazing that's amazing and like for you what's been some like inspiration and some mantras that have helped you through your challenging times just you know on the process of coming to your journey and then we can talk about the actual business part of it later you know because that has its own set of challenges but you know personally until you got there what were you know some of the inspiration that sort of helped you pull through so my first inspiration was definitely my mother. I watched her all my life take care of myself and my brothers. And even though we grew up like in the hood, uh, you know, we never had like, a terrible life and we never had a struggle. We never had to be hungry. And um, she did that by herself. My mom had me when she was 17, you know, so I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine being a 17 year old with, you know, basically almost two kids. Cause she had my brother two years later. I am the oldest. And she gave us a really good life by herself. You know, and my goal was to always give her that life back to where, um, you know, we lived in apartments and she wanted to buy a house. So like my goal was let me buy my mom a house. And I did 2018. My goal was let me make sure my mom knows that if she wants to stop working, she can. And she does know that whenever she wants to stop. Mom, you can take a seat because I got you. I got us. Right. Oh. So that was my inspiration for a very long time. And I'm super blessed even be able to be at that point where I can do those things now. Like that makes me happy. But I was talking to like, you know, my partner a couple of months ago before year end. And I, like I was in this space where, okay, well, my inspiration was my mother for a very long time. And as you know, with, you always have to start like what your why is. And my why was my mom, but now she's kind of taken care of. So I'm like, all right, well, what's driving me now? What's inspiring me now? And honestly, it's the people, which is why, you know, I'm people CPA for a reason. <laughs> 
but it really is like I see how impactful the work that I do is and it brings joy to my heart it brings tears to my eyes some days when my clients are writing me like hey I got this grant and I'm gonna do x y and z or hey I grew my business by 110% this year because of you and knowing my stuff or hey I'm able to retire my mom because my business was so great because of your help things like that are like all right I want to keep experiencing that joy of being that person who can help people achieve their own goals. And that's through, again, just giving them really good advice and services when it comes to finance and accounting. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it's amazing to be in that space, right? Where you can, you know, through your business that you can impact that way. And I always say like, if you can add value in a genuine way, you're a winner, right? If you care about the relationship more than the money, you're a winner and you're going to be unstoppable. Is right. Most people are like so salesy and so pushy, whereas you're here like, no, I'm inspired by helping you. Right. right. And that definitely hits different when you when you speak to people, they can sense that energy and they can feel yeah. that from you. And now you mentioned a lot of things that was really cool that you basically surrounded yourself with the people that you wanted to be like, which yeah. I think is so important because it's like, you know, they say that you you are the outcome of the five people that you surround yourself with most. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. You chose to be like, no, I, I'm going to keep elevating. And, you know, in your world and being so young, right. You were in the perfect, you were in the big four counting firm. Like you made it right. Like in everybody's book, you made it right. But what was that transition like? Because I know so many people right now that are at the threshold of like, I want to do my own thing, but they've got this amazing job that they can't seem to let go of. So what was like that tipping point or aha moment, like, throughout your transition that really made you be like, all right, I'm out <laughs> kind of thing. It was a number of factors. Number one, like corporate and the way things are, especially in public accounting, things are done traditionally. Like, all right, here's step A, B, C, and this is how this is done. I'm the kind of person where I like to mess things up. I like to break them down, put them back together. Again, I fell in love with accounting because it's a problem solving way of doing things. And um, in corporate settings, I mean, they build these infrastructures to grow a company. So I get it. But again, I'm the type of person who's breaking infrastructure down so I can rebuild it in a way that's more efficient and effective. So I didn't feel as intellectually stimulated as I would have desired. And even though they say entrepreneurship is risky, that thrilled me. I'm all right. I I want to take that risk. I want to see what that experience is going to feel like. So I guess I, not like I experienced boredom, but um, I started getting like, I was tired of the mundane tasks. I was tired of doing things the same way, that, the same way. And I wanted to just have a place to be more creative. And cause people don't think accountants are creatives and most of them are not, you know, they're pretty just straightforward, but like I take my creativity and I give it through my business. When I'm speaking with my clients, I'm not just doing their books and their taxes. I'm strategically giving them advice on how to grow and expand based upon how we're analyzing their numbers. So I get to not only practice my my skill, but then practice my intellectual way of giving advice as well. So I, I love that. So I really, I got bored, long story short, started getting bored and I just wanted more. I wanted my time back at in Big Four Accounting. You're working 70 hours a week on average for the first, you know, three, four months of the year. And I'm like, you know, even though I have my business now with Bola, it allows me to do other stuff because I actually have four other businesses that I run and I could not have done that in corporate. Additionally, I 
you know, had a friend who just told me the value of being a CPA and how people needed you and just gave me an idea of like how much I can make on my own. I'm like, all right, well, I can never make that much incorporate. If you want to be a millionaire, it's, you have like a, what, 0.5% chance of becoming a millionaire from just working a corporate job. I wanted to be a millionaire, a billionaire eventually. And I just know that um, where I was, wasn't the right setting for me to really grow and attain the success of which I wanted to attain. So that's kind of what it was. That's what's up. And I mean, so you made that transition. You just went for it, which is amazing. So what have been the challenges of the startup world? Because I know the first three to five years are like, Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what were some of the challenges? Because I know, you know, there's definitely a lot of startup entrepreneurs that are listening in right now too, or, or in a space in their business where they're kind of stuck. What would you recommend? Like, what was your experience and how did you break through that? Yeah. So it is challenging. Again, when you're an entrepreneur, you are literally taking on the responsibility of being a risk taker. It's expected that you're going to take risks because that's what you're doing. And that can be hard to some people who do not know how to cope with risk, but I'm an accountant. So I don't just take blind risk. I'm taking calculated risk. So in the beginning, it was really just doing the research. And again, this is a very important part. Before I left my job, I took time to research what it would look like to even build an accounting practice and what I would offer. So you spend time, you invest in the website, you invest in some coaching sessions, and then you realize that you have all of this infrastructure in place and no clients. So how do you pitch to people who are used to dealing with CPAs that they've been with for four, five, 10 years, or pitching to your friends and family who know you as just the the worker that you now have a business and that you want to take them on as a client? That was very hard. It took me three months to get my first bookkeeping client. And I got that from using um, Upwork, (laughs) the the website. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even like an organic reach. But from working with that one client, I realized that I wasn't even ready to take on multiple because the questions he was asking me, I had no clue how to answer. And I didn't know how to like deliver him what he was expected. So in that moment, I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is a wake up call for me to reanalyze what I thought was going to work. The thing about entrepreneurship is that you could have your idea in your head of what your business should look like, but again, it may not match what your client is in need of. So that one interaction allowed me to redo my business plan. And with that, I focused more on bookkeeping, tax strategy, tax preparation, and was able to kick off the tax season in 2019, being my first with a good book of clients. So getting it for clients is, is a, a for sure a barrier. And I think you overcome that by exhibiting your knowledge. So for me, it was posting on Instagram, different tax tips, doing different tax talks, doing different podcasts, speaking engagements, because people have to look at you as being an expert in what you're doing, especially if you are in a service-based business like myself. So my priority was tailoring my services to meet what my clients, what my target audience wanted, number one, making sure that I was intellectually prepared. So bombarding myself with different knowledge sources, irs.gov, AICPA, whatever it has to be, to make sure that I was knowledgeable and capable. But then obviously delivery is very important. And I say that because my first tax season, I did around 30 returns and, you know, pretty intimate, but Because I did such a good job with those people, my second tax season I did, I had around 300 clients. And this past tax season that just ended, we did around 600. 
So the goal for this year is to do a thousand. And it's been growing because again, people are coming to me for a service and they're staying. Not only are they staying, they're telling their friends and family because they get service, they're getting their tax returns done good. And I do make sure customer service is at the forefront of whatever service I provide as well. That's amazing. You've literally grown your business 100% then each year, over 100%. Yes. Wow. And so the key to that is basically becoming the expert in your field and relationships. Yes. And just doing a good job. Like uh, you can be an expert and have great relationships, but your job, your work has to be that same type of caliber. You want to deliver excellent work as well. Interesting. So, I mean, I know that you're not here doing 600 at once yourself, right? (laughs) I pray to God that you are not. So how are you, how are you handling that? Have you built out a team? Yes. So we are currently a team of three CPAs at Pola. This is actually their first year, like being official employees of the company. Last year, I brought them on around June and they were like just on the contract basis to help close out last tax season due to the COVID PPP stuff. And they've been on with me for six months now as contractors, but I extended offers to them in December. So we are a team of three CPAs. I do have a full-time admin and operations manager and also have a customer service rep and a full-time bookkeeper. Oh my, so you're an accountant and you have a bookkeeper. Yes, so because we do provide services to our clients, bookkeeping services. So we have a person who's designated just to do the books for our clients. Oh, awesome. I was like, oh, it's like you keep them for yourself too as an accountant. (laughs) That's so awesome because you know what the hardest part is, is scaling yourself. Yes. So like delegating. So what was that like? So you mentioned that you had pulled them in on like a contract basis and then kind of like shifted them into the work when you know it's pretty much secure. So you grew sort of organically. So that's super cool. Cause I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with this. I struggle with this and I'm working on it now. It's like, how do you replicate yourself? Right. When mm-hmm. it's your baby. Right. But so what are some tips um, that, that you would mention regarding delegation and scaling? Yes. So for delegation, the best thing to do is write down, it's crazy because I'm doing this right now. Before we hopped on this podcast, I'm literally doing what I'm about to tell you guys is how you (laughs) replicate yourself. What I do is create different SOPs, which stands for Standard Operating Procedures. And it's basically a brain dump of, all right, if you were given this task, how would you perform it? And you want to have that detailed out. And I have different SOPs for different aspects of the business. I have SOPs on how to communicate with the clients, some on how we interact with them or how we wrap things up with the clients and whatever it may be. But every process that you currently do, document that fully. The thing about it, if you think about corporations, when you are onboarding, they give you an, an employee handbook, right? That tells you how to do your job, who to contact, who you're supposed to be in relation with. So as an entrepreneur, when you are ready to scale, that's the first thing you need to do. It's important to do this also because this will show you if you even need help or not yet. Because some people may not be in that position where they need to get help right away. Having your procedures listed out allows you to see what things you can automate by using the system rather than have his co- and bring in some person now. So I did that first. And then I did see the voids of where I needed to get extra help in. And then I reached out to, you know, my admin. She, you know, put out a bunch of job postings, did an interview process. And then when they came on board, I already had documented 
what they needed to do. So it was an easy transition between nice. this me struggling to manage and here is my team and they have all the information needed, the blueprint for them to execute as I would. Mm, that's amazing. SOPs. I know I, I recently discovered those too. And it is like, it is hell putting it together. But yeah. after that, you're like, pass me my margarita, my friend. Like exactly. I can relax. <laughs> <laughs> I can relax. So that's so awesome. So standard operating procedures. That's amazing. And like, honestly, I mean, I just love how you've grown so organically. Like you first just put up a posting on Upwork, right? Just like a freelancing site, which is amazing. And then like you landed this client and then it turned into 300, Mm -hmm. 100, then 100, then 300, then Mm -hmm. 600. So it's like, that goes to show you, like, you just need to start with one. Yep. Mm-hmm. People think you got to have like this crazy setup. No, you start with one and you just keep it grooving, which exactly. I think is so, so amazing. And like, wow, 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 wow. And like, what have been some of your like biggest moments? You know, I think you already kind of mentioned it when, when your clients contact you and say, hey, you know, I was able to retire my mom because of your advice and stuff like that. So what would be that for you? Is it primarily what you mentioned? So for sure, those are like the biggest things. Again, just seeing the results of the clients. But I had some pretty cool moments where I'm like, all right, this is great. I think a pretty cool moment that I experienced was one of my clients was actually a speaker at the Forbes Under 30 conference last year, 2000, well, 2019. And I attended the conference and I got to watch her speak, but then she also shouted me out like in front of the audience. I hit my CPAs actually in the audience and I stood up. Everybody was like, hey, and I was like, oh. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm important. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. That's one. Another one of my clients, he like took us on a team retreat to New Orleans and he kind of again highlighted the importance of my role and the, just things that kind of like keep me assured that what I'm doing is beneficial to the client. That makes me feel really good. Also, I would say I started getting contacted by, you know, like CNBC and New York Times to be featured in these articles as a tax expert. And I'm just like, they want me to meet little old me. Oh my God. And it's like, it's interesting because I always told myself that I wouldn't like pay for, you know, any advanced marketing. Like I'm not going to pay somebody to put me in an article. I'd rather them reach out to me and have it be organic. That was always my goal. So when I started getting calls from CNBC, from Forbes, from Business Insider, from Black Enterprise, I'm like, okay, they're noticing my work without me having to do the outreach. And a lot of it is because if you focus on doing the work, your clients will talk for you. Your work will talk for you. So having that outreach for sure did, you know, have me feel assured that, you know, I'm, I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right thing. And not only that, but people are, are watching. They notice me and they notice what I do. That's amazing. You mentioned this earlier, but, you know, now you have your business, which is flourishing. And I'm so pumped, Trish, and like, seriously, it's so amazing. But you mentioned you have four others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate on how one becomes a serial entrepreneur, because I am on the same wavelength as you with that. But everyone's always just like, how the hell do you, and you know, so, so in your experience, how did you build those out in tandem while bu- building your business, basically? So the thing of, I wasn't able to like start exploring other options until I got my structure in place. So again, 
having my SOPs done, being able to hire help, that gave me some of my time back. So I wouldn't say your goal should be to start off being a serial entrepreneur. I do think you should have a solid base for at least one thing. You need to have proof of concept that you can work, number one. Yep. Once you have that proof of concept that you can actually execute and work, you can now again free your time and begin to explore other options. And my philosophy with serial entrepreneurship is that everything that I do, every business that I create is still in line with my main goal and ultimately my purpose. So the other businesses that I started have to all do with, I wouldn't say finance, more so wealth creation, wealth accumulation. And so Bola Financial provides tax services, bookkeeping, consulting, and then I have TELP, which stands for the Tax Essentials Learning Program. And that is a business created to train individuals who may not have an accounting background, but want to learn how to earn some extra income throughout you know, the year by doing taxes. So I created that platform for those people. And that has, I didn't think it would give them attraction as it has been, but from the inception of TELP in 2019, I trained over 65 tax professionals already that are going to, you know, either have started their businesses in tax prep or are about to. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Damn. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yes. That's awesome. And again, so it's not hard to do that because it's in line with what I do. I prepare taxes. I'm a CPA. So educating them on what I already do, yeah. it not only helps me stay sharp with my skills, but you know, it's a seamless process. So it doesn't feel like I'm doing something completely extra. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically creating supplemental business and offerings throughout your expertise already, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Right. You don't feel like you're overstretching yourself. You don't feel like you have to, you know, keep swapping your brain on and off for different industries. It's all right. I'm a CPA. What can I do? And it's crazy because I had a meeting with my financial planner last night. And after I gave him an update of the things that I started last year, he's like, I didn't realize a CPA can make money from all these different revenue streams. And I'm like, you know what it is? I just don't think that CPAs think about how they can do that and how they can execute each individually rather than housing everything all in one bubble. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, I think it's absolutely brilliant that you're, you've got the entrepreneurial mindset that you're like, I'm going to create different revenue streams off of what I do. Right. It's absolutely brilliant. Why would you, you know, why would you not? Right? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. business three is actually going to launch this year. And this is my entity filing business. So we do prepare LLCs, corporations. That's going to have its own legs this year. And aside from that, I do have uh, my real estate holdings, you yeah. know, so <laughs> that's like business number four. And I also have a not-for-profit. So that's technically business number five. <laughs> You're amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. Just trying out here, trying to, you know, be an example for people who, you know, came from from nothing and who want to be able to understand that you can start from nothing and create whatever you want. You're an underdog. Your whole life trajectory, like you just, you were like, I'm just going to keep going. And I love how humble you are about it. You're like, yeah, that's business number five. I'm like, I love you. You're so amazing. (laughs) And it's like, you know, and you're giving practical advice that people can actually take and like scale that, you know, scale their businesses out and change their lives. Right. Because yes. it changed yours by one Upwork listing. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm just so inspired by you. It's it's amazing. And like, so, and I always ask this question because I love it so much. What would be the biggest piece of advice that your older self would tell your younger self based on what you know now? Listen to the voice inside of you 
at a louder volume than you listen to others. And I say that because it's not, oh, block everybody out. Hear them, but hear yourself even more. And I think that's for sure the biggest advice that I would give my younger self. Um, I think it would have gotten me to where I am a little bit quicker. There's no rush. Like, you know, life is, you pace yourself here. Um, But that just gives you more encouragement. You know, I think a, a big part of being successful is owning up to your powers and not seeking your, not seeking any acknowledgement from outside people, right? The only person that you should be seeking acknowledgement from is, is yourself, right? Am I good enough? And that's a me question. I'm not going to ask anybody else, like, am I good enough or can I do this? No. If I'm telling myself that I can do it and that I'm going to succeed at it, I'm going to hear myself at a louder volume and take my own advice. Amen to that. Amen to that. And so what's coming up for you in 2021? Like what's the news? We are going to gear up for tax season. That's been my priorities, making sure my systems and processes are in place with the team. So for sure, tax season is like priority. I want to make sure I give all the clients a great experience. Um, Then aside from that, Again, launching the new business. I have that scheduled for Q2. In Q2, hopefully, if COVID, you know, decides to just go to sleep ever. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to start my tours again. So like before COVID, I used to like fly to California, fly to Atlanta, and do workshops for companies that have employees that can use my knowledge or do my own private workshop with entrepreneurs who need this advice that I, I can provide to them. And that's pretty much what my goals are for this year. That's amazing. And what would be like sort of your number one tax tip for anybody out there or accounting tip? Number one tax tip would be to... Hire an expert if you are unsure, right? And I say that not to promote myself, but because I've experienced clients who came from doing it on their own via TurboTax or hiring a CPA who didn't know what they were doing. And when I review their prior returns, they left $1,000, $10,000 on the table or overpaid taxes by a lot because they weren't aware of what deductions or credits were eligible for them. You mm-hmm. shouldn't have to go to irs.gov website to review the IRC code. People like me do it on a daily basis. So again, hire an expert when you need to because you don't want to overpay the IRS if you don't need to. Wealth gets built from two angles. It's not just about how much we make, it's about how much we save. So let's make sure we're not overpaying the taxes so you can save a lot more and get you to that path of building wealth a lot quicker. Amen. And if the IRS is listening, we never said anything. Okay. <laughs> oh man you're so amazing now you gotta let everyone know where to find you and your awesomeness yes 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 so um feel free to follow me on instagram at the people cpa so that's the peoples with an s cpa i'm also on twitter and you can visit our website at folafinancial.com that's f-o-l-a financial.com the only dream that i've been chasing is my own So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift. And join us on the next episode.